Welcome to the third episode of Communicore Weekly. I'm George from Imagine Nerding. And I'm Jeff from Mice Chat. Thank you so much for the support last week. We really, really appreciate it. We had a ton of fun and, you know, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. So let's just jump right into it. This day in Disney history. On January 30th, 1988, Walt Disney World's Epcot debuts Illumination. The nightly show includes special effects, projectors, theme music, and fireworks. Using most of the arrangements from the previous A New World Fantasy and Laserphonic Fantasy shows, Illuminations is a precursor to Illumination's Reflections of Earth. No, fun fact about that, prior to January 30th, the fireworks had been synced to the music of Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. You know, but the advent of Illuminations meant the world would never have to suffer through the Rick and Roller Coaster. You get it, George? What? You get it? What? Huh? Anyway, January 31st, 1978, Disney animators Ollie Johnston and Frank Thomas, two of the famous nine old men, retire together. They both go on to author several, several books, give lectures, and consult on many, many film projects. February 2nd, 1922, a 20-year-old Walt Disney begins work at his own cartoon company called Laughagram Films in Kansas City, Missouri. He will produce one real animated versions of six fairy tales. Walt had felt that Kansas City theaters, which feature cartoons made by studios on the East Coast, might be willing to buy some from a local company. He created a few and brought them to the Newman Theater. In order to clinch the deal, Walt calls them Newman's Laughagrams. He will incorporate Laughagram Films in May of 1922 with $15,000 from backers. These cartoons will be regarded as Walt's first professional effort in the field of animation. When he incorporates Laughagram Films with $15,000 from the backers, he also decides that that is going to be the $15,000 price tag for the solid gold-plated ponchos at the Emporium. The, the what? Oh, uh, nothing, nothing. Uh, just go to the next one. Go to the next one. February 3rd, 1945, Disney's seventh animated and live-action feature film, The Three Caballeros, my favorite film of all time, is released in the United States. Produced as part of the studio's goodwill message for South America, the film stars Donald Duck, who in the course of the film is joined by his own friend, Jose Carioca, the cigar-smoking parrot from Salados Amigos, who represents Brazil, and later, the pistol-packing rooster, Panchito Pistals, representing Mexico. It will earn two Academy Award nominations, though after a brief initial run, Walt will pull the film from general release because it gets really, really bad press reviews. But I don't care what they say. I love it. Oh, I think it's a fantastic film as well. Speaking of it being a fantastic film, this is a little segment I like to call Why I Think the Three Caballeros is Awesome. Huh. Obviously, you didn't consult with me on the name, but we'll go with it. Yes, three caballeros, it's part of the Good Neighbor Program. Donald's two amigos, they go wherever he goes. Where are his pants? We don't know. They're always together. Together 
with fancy dopey stalls And Jose Caraca is one bad mother Jeff, that song was absolutely fantastic. Uh, no matter what anybody else says after they watch the video, if your agent doesn't call you in a couple days, uh, it's probably because he's out booking some other talent. So uh, tell me, why is The Three Caballeros your favorite movie? The Three Caballeros is my favorite movie of all time for reasons I, you can't even begin to comprehend. You just can't. But I'll try to. First of all, it's a very, very historical landmark for the company in a lot of ways. And it's kind of got this cult following that it's gained throughout the last couple of years. And even though it wasn't really liked by anyone in the press or, you know, a lot of people in general, I still love it. And it's got its legion of fans. Uh, I, I wore up my VHS tape when I was a kid from watching it over and over and over again. It's really got these fantastic, bright and li lively colors that just jump out at you. And there's a lot of Mary Blair inspired artwork in it. And I just... I love it. I love everything about it. Yeah, my both of my boys uh, pretty much wore out DVD players watching this film over and over and over again, which really surprised me. Uh, of course, so I, I know it backwards and forwards. And you mentioned a few of your favorite scenes. I think my favorite scene, of course, is the one everybody mentions, which is the scene about Mexico, where you meet Panchito, and he comes out. And the animation by Ward Kimball is astounding. Now, you mentioned some of the Mary Blair stylings, and we always talk about Mary Blair with the five-legged goat, but yes. I, I assume you're talking about the Bahia scene. Yes, when when they're traveling to Bahia in the storybook and they're on the train, it's very Mary Blair. You, you Just by looking at it, you can tell that Mary designed it, and it's it just looks wonderful, and it's just fantastic. Fun little fact about the film, actually. This is the first time that Walt Disney attempted to combine animation with live actors since the Alice comedies that he did in the 1920s. You know, Jeff, there were a lot of technical innovations in the film, but uh, really your obsession, I, I, I mean your love of the three caballeros, inspired me to look at South of the Border with Disney by J.B. Kaufman. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. Released in 2009, this extremely dense yet very enjoyable book relates the tale of Walt Disney, the Good Neighbor program, and all of the animated films, shorts, and documentaries that were produced during the period. It is a great companion piece to the Walt and El Grupo documentary that was released in 2008. Historically, this is a very important period for the studios. There was a major strike, and Walt was feeling the pressure of World War II on the studio profits. He was tapped by the coordinator of Inter-American Affairs to journey to South America on a goodwill tour, and he took a group of animators that became known as El Grupo. South of the Border with Disney relates the travels of El Grupo and how they were received on the tour. Upon their return, the studio set forth to create a plethora of animated films. The two major films, Saludos Amigos and The Three Caballeros, are discussed in great detail. We see concept art, story notes, and production details. The middle section looks at the shorts that were produced based on health concerns of the South Americans, like clean water. South of the Border is an important work and is aimed squarely at animation and studio fans, especially the Good Neighbor films, and crazy caballero cats like Jeff. Exactly. Fantastically fuzzy photo, on 
Fantastically fuzzy photo And this is all I got Well, Jeff, the Fantastically Fuzzy Photo is a new segment we've got here at Communicore Weekly, and we would love to invite the listeners and the viewers to submit their own Fantastically Fuzzy Photos for use in this segment. And if you submit one and we use it, we have got some glorious prizes that we're going to send out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Prizes? What, uh, what kind of prizes are we talking about? Oh, uh, well, th- those are surprise prizes that we're going to share with everybody. Um, the, the viewers can just email the entries to communicorweekly at gmail.com. Can I enter? Uh, not valid in this state with uh, all 50 entries or something. All right. We can't wait to tell you! Beards are totally a thing now at Disney, but hipsters already knew that before you did. Rumor has it the Imagineers are already working on a mock-up for a new attraction called Stash Mountain. You know, Jeff, we should really look into buying that domain name soon. I'm gonna look at it right now. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. <laughs> Jeff, you know, I think it's safe to say that the Haunted Mansion is our favorite ride. Uh, absolutely. It's the first ride I go on every single time I go to Disney. Well, you know, Jeff, as many five-legged goats as there are in the Haunted Mansion, we're not going to cover any of them this week. I want to share a book. Wait. You already did your book of the week. How many more books do we need to read? I know, I know, but nobody watches this far anyway. Um, What I wanted to talk about was one of the rarest Disney books, and it's located on my second favorite ride at the Magic Kingdom, Splash Mountain. I I first spotted this book in 2007, and my brother, Andrew, was quick enough to grab a shot of it. The five-legged goat for this week is the book, How to Catch a Rabbit by Br'er Wolf. You'll see this book in several of the ride scenes, express, especially when Br'er Bear is caught in a trap. You know, I, I don't think I've ever seen a copy of that book on eBay before. And, you know, aside from the fact that Br'er Fox never really caught Br'er Rabbit, it really can't be that good, can it? Hmm, I guess not. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm George from Imagine Nerding. And I'm Jeff from Mice Chat. Be sure to leave us a comment right there below. We love hearing from you guys. Or you can email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and legally stalk us by following us on Twitter. And finally, do not forget to visit Mice Chat for all your awesome up-to-date Disney news. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week on Communicore Weekly. Rumpus.